Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Local News Live Daily, the podcast about local news live by Local News Live, making local news accessible to you on your go, on your commute, wherever you're going. We are breaking down the biggest issues of the day that happen on mine and Victoria Shirley Shifts here on Local News Live, brought to you by Gray TV and our Gray TV stations across the country. Now, that shift happened between 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Central Standard Time, 9 to 2 Central. You do all the other calculations in your head for us. We'd appreciate it. Welcome in Victoria Shirley, my co-pilot, co-anchor, co-driver of this ship. Victoria. Hello. Thanks for joining us for another Local News Live daily podcast. All right. So we had some big, big stories happening today. We're not going to waste any time. We're going to take you straight to Charlotte, North Carolina to our gray station WBTV3 on your side news. This has been a story that's been happening for days now. A murder suspect, Tyler Terry, finally in custody after a week long manhunt in South Carolina. 26 year old Tyler Terry has been on the run since last Monday, May 17th. And on this Monday, May 24th, he was taken into custody on day seven of an intense manhunt. Uh, Chester County, South Carolina deputies were telling us that Terry was homeless and he'd been living out in the woods. And that explains how he was able to avoid capture for so long. Uh, Terry's accused of multiple murders, including at least two in South Carolina and two in St. Louis, Missouri. Now, someone else is also in custody, the wife of one of the alleged victims, now one of that, uh, that alleged victim is Eugene Simpson. So his wife, Adrienne Simpson, also in custody in connection to the cases and for the chase that started this manhunt in South Carolina. Now we here on Local News Live, we carried a news conference directly from Chester County Sheriff Max Dorsey. He held a news conference for reporters there. Now Dorsey said, that the break in this manhunt, the break in this case came on Sunday when law enforcement learned that Terry was seen running across Highway 9 from Lincoln Road in South Carolina. Now from that point, Sheriff Dorsey said, they knew the area that Terry was in. And as the sun went down, they made a perimeter and the plan was made that included hundreds of law enforcement personnel dividing into push teams to flush Terry now, the sheriff said Terry was found lying on the ground in a bunch of high weeds and taken in by ATF agents. Now, he, he was not armed at the time and he didn't have a phone, but the sheriff said that a firearm was found nearby within proximity of him. Now, Chester County deputies say everyone, including the suspect, including Terry, they're all safe. No shots were fired. He was arrested, and now he is officially in custody. The sheriff thanked the community. He's said there's, he knows there's been a lot of high anxiety, frustration, and maybe even doubt that any of this was going to happen, but he is now in custody. So what happens from here? Well, Terry is not going to be taken to the Chester County Detention Center, where he'll be quarantined for 10 to 12 days per COVID-19 protocol. And specific charges, we don't know those yet. Those are going to be coming. 
But Sheriff Dorsey said Terry will be charged in South Carolina first. And this is a really telling quote that he gave WBTV. The sheriff said, quote, we've got a lot of work to do. Terry's bond hearing is going to be on Tuesday at the Chester County Courthouse. So if they carry that live, if we're able, I should say WBTV is able to get some cameras in that courtroom, we will carry that here, right here on Local News Live. WBTV, again, our great station in Charlotte, North Carolina, they've been covering this. They once ran a half hour special last week about their coverage into the manhunt for Terry so far. So a huge break in that case, that manhunt finally finally coming to an end. But we covered plenty of other stories. Victoria, I'm going to hand the mic off to you to take us into the next section of this podcast. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people are breathing a sigh of relief there, knowing that that man that's uh, accused of several murders across state lines is off the streets. Moving on to a little bit of a lighter topic, our station WDBJ7 out of Roanoke, Virginia, their digital desk anchored by Leanna Scacchetti did a pretty cool question and answer session. She called it the ABCs of summer travel and she included advice from lots of experts. I don't know, Nick, if you've heard the saying vaxxed and relaxed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, A lot of people are getting vaccinated and a lot of people are feeling relaxed enough to go ahead and resume their summer travels. You know, a year ago, a lot of people put their travels on hold. A lot of vacations were getting canceled. And this year, it seems like summer might be looking a lot more normal than it did last summer. So the main question she was asking is, are you getting ready to travel this summer after a year of quarantine? And are you prepared for travel? So she had a pretty good panel put together uh, with a representative from AAA, a representative from the Better Business Bureau, and also a representative from the Virginia Department of Health who provided COVID-19 safety tips. And they covered several topics like gas prices and best prices for safely booking on third-party sites. And of course, keeping your family safe and healthy while traveling. So one stat that they, they listed in their web article here, and they also talked about during this digital show was a new survey with AAA shows that more than 1 million Virginians are planning to travel for the Memorial Day holiday weekend. It's a lot of people and a lot wow. of them are planning to drive to their destinations. So Ooh. that's a, a lot of traffic, a lot of traffic there. Um, So yeah, it's going to be close about 88% of what was seen in 2019. Of course, that's the pre-pandemic year. And it's also 60% more than travel for the same time frame last year. So that means 60% of more people feel relaxed and safe enough to go ahead and travel this summer because, you know, more people are getting vaccinated. The COVID-19 numbers are going down and it's, it might be a good summer for a lot of people if everything holds up. And they also talked about, um, you know, AAA has a trip tick planner and a map. So you can be aware of COVID restrictions in each portion of your road trip. And Nick, you and I talked about this a little bit after we aired this, you know, it's important to do your research ahead of time and know what the restrictions are in each state or each country, because they vary very wildly. Because one example I gave is I recently 
flew from Texas and we did a pit stop in Minneapolis. And even what the airports looked like were very different between Texas, Minneapolis, and Nebraska. The restrictions were different. You know, in Minneapolis, they had lots of restaurants and stores closed down. They asked us to fill out contact tracing information sheets at restaurants and um, very different, very different in terms of what each location is requiring. So it's important to do your research before you head out this summer. Um, anything to add there, Nick? Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, you also have to take into account that, you know, there's going to be some events happening that they're going to have a much smaller pool of tickets available for people. I know uh, when I was in Minnesota visiting my father, you know, they were talking about going to, you know, a, a really big uh, craft brewing tasting festival up in Duluth, Minnesota, but, you know, they don't have as many tickets this year because obviously they had to cancel last year and they're giving everyone that bought tickets last year the chance to rede redeem those tickets this year. So everyone, please keep that in mind. That's going to make a smaller pool of tickets for some events and probably even drive up the prices. Yeah, definitely. And I, I just hope everyone can stay safe out there, especially with the amount of cars on the road and uh, have a good summer. Absolutely. All right, moving along to the next story, uh, Nick, uh, you aired an interview earlier today, I believe it was by our Charleston, uh, South Carolina station, Live 5 WCSC, and they talked about doctors seeing a concerning rise of MISC cases in kids that have gotten their vaccines. What is that all about, Nick? Right, absolutely. Doctors from the Medical University of South Carolina, they all came outside, they stood together, they are raising the alarm about MISC, which is multi-system inflammatory syndrome in children. And what it is, it causes inflammation in their hearts, their brains, various other organs and parts of their body. And it's associated with COVID-19. Now, MISC usually appears one to two months after a child either contracts or is exposed to COVID-19. Now, while MISC is rare, it can be life-threatening and can have long-term impacts on children. And the Medical University of South Carolina is they, says they're seeing a concerning rise in the number of cases. In fact, I'm going to take a direct quote from the Pediatric Infectious Disease Director there at the Medical University of South Carolina, Allison Eckhart. And she says, even though they've seen great improvement in the state, with the number of COVID-19 cases, the pandemic is not yet over. She said, quote, we're both confident and hopeful in the progress that's been made. So we urge everyone, and in particular, parents to stay vigilant and continue to take reasonable and appropriate steps to safeguard children and others from the effects of COVID-19. Now, specifically, we've got the latest data from the state's Department of Health and Environmental Control reporting a total of 110 cases of missy in South Carolina, including 17 in the low country where our great TV station WCSC is located. Now missy now the excuse me, they say they've treated the hospital that says they've treated 28 cases including 3 that left children on advanced life support. So obviously this is a problem that they don't want any 
child to have. And this is going to be something they are urging all parents to watch out for, to continue to just take every precaution they can, especially with school going to be letting out soon. You know, doctors are warning parents and kids not to let their guard down when it comes to COVID-19. So this is a subject that we're definitely going to stay on top of, Victoria. Oh, yes, certainly. And I'm glad, you know, the best of the best of doctors in the country are definitely looking into this. And we're going to shift gears and go to um, a really sad, puzzling, uh, just hard to believe story out of uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. The Sheriff's Department there, excuse me, the Charlotte Mecklenburg Police Department, they held a press conference earlier today to talk about a missing four-year-old that was found dead Friday night. And unfortunately, the mother has been arrested and charged in killing her daughter, that missing four-year-old little girl that hadn't been seen since September. And officers, they did contact the missing persons unit after they became aware that this little girl was missing. But they, they announced today at the press conference, they very, very quickly started to suspect foul play. And they did find what they believe is the child's remains in the backyard. And several people did come forward and voluntarily talk to detectives, including the child's mother. And shortly after she was arrested with felony child abuse, inflicting physical injury, felony concealing a death and first degree murder. And the officers at this press conference, they didn't really give any specifics, but they did say that it was an abusive environment that eventually led to that little girl's death. And as far as any more details, they said they're really, they just, they have to look into everything. A reporter at the press conference asked if CPS had been aware of, which is CPS's Child Protective Services, if they had been aware of this household and this little girl. And he simply said they just have a lot of work to do and they have to um, investigate this further. And of course he said uh, the, let's see, uh, the police chief, I believe, who was speaking, speaking, said that everyone's pretty shaken up by this because, you know, a lot of them are parents and it's really hard for them to believe that someone would not only kill their child, allegedly, of course, but would bury their child and then move on as if nothing happens. And they do believe that the, the little girl's body had been buried for months since September, they believe it, it could be. And of course, the Lieutenant Stephen Fishbach is the one who was speaking at this press conference. And he said that it was certainly concerning when no one could really say where the child was for that amount of time since September. And it's just a really sad story. Here's a quote from Fishbach that kind of, I mean, I feel like collectively we all feel this way. He said, I've worked homicide and, you know, meaning the homicide department most last of 10 years. And I can tell you this case is deeply disturbing. And it certainly, Nick, is a very, very disturbing case there in North Carolina, Charlotte, North Carolina. So we'll continue following that case and the charges and of course the court proceedings to try to learn more information about what led to this little girl's death. Absolutely an absolutely harrowing 
case, definitely something we're going to stay on top of here on Local News Live. And one thing we want to point you to, all these stories we just discussed about, you can read more on all of our great TV station websites for more on this tragic story about the mother and for more on the Tyler Terry manhunt, you can go to WBTV.com. You can read all of that for yourself. For the ABCs of summer travel, you can go see that for yourself on WDBJ.com. And then w finally for the case, WDBJ7. I want everybody right, to get the right, right address. Right. And then you can go to Live5, five, number five, Live5news.com to learn more about the fight against MISC. Missy and children. And obviously we are here on local news live. We are carrying every single one of these live news conferences, unedited, not clipped strictly for you to see for yourself. Like I said, Victoria and I are working here on local news live from 10 AM to 3 PM Eastern time. You can find us on local news live on any one of your gray TV stations across the nation. You can go to gray.tv to find out if you have a great TV station, but even if you just want to watch us, even if you don't have one, you can go on that map on gray.tv, go to the websites of these great TV stations, go to the top bar, they got a live option. And as long as they're not doing one of their own live local newscasts or breaking in for their own local breaking news, that is where you will find us, right, Victoria? Yep, and Nick, we're almost out of time, but I do want to mention that today, is National Brothers Day, Monday, May 24th, 2021. So for everyone that has a brother, you know, take some time, send them a text, call him, just let him know, even though I'm sure, you know, I mean, everybody fights their siblings, even if times may have been rough, you know, it's just a good day to call your brother, let him know you appreciate him. And on that note, I'm going to give my brother a shout out, Aaron Shirley. Happy Brother's Day. What about you, Nick? Happy Brother's Day to Matt Lawton and Stephen Carlisle. Love you both very much. All right. Well, thank you so much again for listening to Local News Live daily, and we will catch you tomorrow. Thanks for Stay listening. Stay safe out there, guys.